with the moment, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how we ride to, you know? Moto D, baby. Yeah, that's how we do it, baby. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your host, Shisa Moore. On episode 35, we have a guest that's an actor, a musician, a director, a producer, a creative public figure. He's appeared on national radio, TV, and news outlets. This gentleman is the pioneer of Hmong rap music. Those who know him is a former rapper of rare. After many years, he came back to produce one song, Legacy, dedicated to Joe. So rest peace to Joe. You probably have seen him on Grand Trio. He's been involved in a handful of nonprofit organizations. Let's all welcome him, Elvis Tao. But first, let's thank our sponsors. Today's sponsor is brought to you by She Sells Menwear. Are you looking for the latest trendy men's fashion? Look no further. She Sells Menwear carries handcrafted bow ties, ties, suit accessories, and everyday streetwear. They're your one-stop, mall-inspired men's shop. You can search them online at www.xixomenswear.com. Now let's get back to the show. We are super excited. I got a gentleman that originated from the Midwest. A musician, a rapper, an actor. He's definitely a pioneer of what the man does, man. Elvis, how has it been, man? What's up, man? How's it going, everyone? <laughs> you uh, drinking your kombucha? Is that yeah, drinking. Yeah, you should try kombucha. It's great. Good, good probiotics, man. Healthy and good for your body. It's the tea. Uh, it's a, it's a blend of uh, it's a probiotic tea. It's a blend of a lot of different things, but it's my soda. I don't drink soda. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you and I can relate. I don't drink soda too. If this I'm, is my soda, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm I'm a big juice guy, man. I'm a big juice guy in water. That's all I drink. Try kombucha, man. Gets you a lot of it's I replenishing. Should, I should do that. Yeah. Replenishing. You find it at the Whole Foods or something. Cool, cool. Now, Elvis, you know we met, well, a few years back as acquaintance. I'm trying to think back how far back we met. Yeah, thanks for all the work you've done, man. You did just some photography and stuff for us. And yeah, likewise, some re- too, man. Some some media work and stuff, so I appreciate that. Likewise. We met the Mater, I know that. It was at one of yep. the parties. I can't remember which one. Yeah, definitely. Mama Mater in the house, what's up? Right. <laughs> now, can you tell the audience one thing we do not know about you? Oh, my God. I don't know, man. <laughs> I move around so much. Um, I guess that would be the thing. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess with the popularity and, you know, as much people as I know and, you know, the influence, I guess, that I've done around, I guess, the nation, uh, I'm, I'm very much a loner a lot, man. Like, I, I do a lot of things on my own. I pick up weird habits. I'm kind of a, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of this, like, nerd buff. <laughs> so like gardening kiting i don't know i do just weird stuff like that like i'm very nomadic sometimes i just go out on the road and live places for a while and um i don't know nature freak <laughs> i'm just weird i read a lot do a lot of research and i don't know sometimes I'm, I, I don't know i'm very crafty artsy so i'm just like in places you know i don't know wine tastings art galleries just stuff by myself i don't wait on people man <laughs> You know, and not everyone has my same interests, so I take a, Let's go I take back. my own time. Let's yeah. go back, way back, because you said you're very, you're not only that, but you're very driven too, because, I mean, again, you've been an actor, you were a musician, I mean, you've done quite some things in 
you know, yeah. what you've done. A lot of people have known you for Grand Trino now back in 08. So, I mean, you've done other films, you know, like The Surface, I Like Beneath Their Feet, but a lot of people know you for Grand Trino. Okay. But you're, you're also that a, a musician, a singer, man. I mean, it's, it's just amazing what you're doing, you know, and you are part of Rare and uh, we'll talk a little bit about Joe too. But yeah, man, tell us, go oh. back. Why, why is that? Why you're a nomad and why you have that driven, driving you? My nomadic lifestyle? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, is, why is it like that, dude? Oh, man, I don't know, man. I mean, it definitely comes from the arts. You know, I, I, I know that I always say to people, we're, we're, uh, we're different species. <laughs> you know, I know we're all human, but artists have this kind of thing about them. You know, they're, they're more mobile. They're more, sometimes can be a little discreet, sometimes can be a little more open, whatever it may be. But we, we learn to sometimes internalize and externalize things differently. I, I, I think, I don't know, just makes it just a little more rounded, man. I'm able to be everywhere in every different circumstance at once. So I adjust easily. And I think that's kind of, as an artist, you need to know the crowd too. And that's, that way you can adjust to certain crowds uh, as far as, you know, uh, on stage and your audiences, right? So maybe it's just that like wherever i go i might i just learn to adjust whether i'm in you know even if it's political places or you know spiritual places or whatever it may be temples mosques churches you know different age groups you know <laughs> from like teens to you know seniors i don't know man i'm not sure but i know it's my artistic lifestyle of like wanting cuz you always it's human beings are fascinating this world is fascinating so you always just want to put you in places and it's more of you wanting to grow and learn all the time. And I don't know. I just always found it easy. Um, I was that way when I was a kid, man. It was hard to keep me home. I was very active. Yeah, tell me what's more about um, that. I was just always, I don't know, man. I love the sandbox during recess. I always played in the sand and <laughs> building castles and stuff. <laughs> and then uh, when I was home, I don't know. I just sit on the grass and like just do things. I would walk in parks. I always found stuff. I, I, I think that's how my, like, it's been for me in showbiz. It's like I just move around and, you know, just in a variety of places around a variety of crowds. And then I just, things just find me or I find things. Like, I used to just find jewelry and money, like, things just lying in parks just because I was always curious. I'm like, what's that? What's that? What's that? Hmm. What happens if I go here? What happens if I go there? I don't know. I just kind of had that spirit all the time. And I think eventually you just land things. So... I think I'm, I think that's been more of my, because people always ask for like technical, you know, advice as far as being an artist, and I have that too. But it, it's more of my spirit. I think that 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 gets me places. <laughs> so you're so driven, you know, because yeah, it's a little weird. You you you, you, you were like yeah, it's yeah a little popping weird stuff too. Ended you know? that way, but that's just the truth. You know, you're very right, right, creative right. and curious as an individual. Oh yeah, I think and hip hop has a lot to do with it. You know, I think um, um, like a, a lot of people don't realize it, but I always say, you know, like hip hop saved, you know, like a big part of me as far as my identity and knowing who I am. Um, you know, it, it took a different culture for me to discover uh, myself again. I guess you know what I mean? Because we we in our generations we grow up among we don't know anything about ourselves. Because we're, we're, we're too busy being American, you know. We're busy trying to fit in, get accepted. It's it's so challenging to operate, you know, in a society where you're dealing with things at school and the workplace, and then you're dealing with traditional uh, aspects at home and your parents and cultures. And so uh, 
hip hop gave me that identity of first, first, first you have a voice, you know what I mean? And once you have a voice, you, you build that creativity and that power. When you build that, then you, you start to find parts of you that you never knew you had. And so I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, I get it. People listen to top 40 hip hop and blah, blah, and, you know, radio, and that's all they know. It just sounds good, cool, right? And that's cool. If it, if it makes, if it moves you, it moves you. Great. But, you know, I, I went a little deeper than that, you know, as I'm meeting a lot of DJs and different things like that, delving into older records, it got me more into black culture, you know, like civil rights movement and where the history of hip hop, where everything came from, all the way back to the blues, and, you know, the foundation of music and all these elements. And with that, it was like, wait, who the hell am I? Like, I know so much about, you know, I studied Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X, you know, uh, Elijah Muhammad, so on and so on, right? Um, Geronimo Pratt. Black Panthers and, you know, all these type of things. But, you know, it's like, and that's cool because that gave me a head start of like being curious and like having, you know, courage and strength, you know, to learn from a different group of people and study off of them and borrow off of them. And that led me back to like, okay, so who am I as a Hmong individual? And it, it just made those roots even stronger, like already coming from another background and then you know, I mean, finding yourself again. So it was kind of cool. It's cool discovery. It was more than just music, man. This stuff is, it was deeper than that. Is that how you came about and uh, got the song Moulton T? Because that is by far the song that I could sing <laughs> lyric to lyric. Because it's just like, man, that's, it, it means so much. And it tells a lot about, you know, about your culture, who you are, as we as Hmong. And And seriously, yeah. like, like, to hear Mountain T was back in 017 when you guys came back when you know YDR y'all collaborated, but to hear it live and acoustic, it's once in a lifetime. I've heard you guys on like you know kind of karaoke, but to hear karaoke, I was like, wow. Oh man, I, I, I yeah, I wish I can do that again. Um, I, I would love to do another acoustic set with that song. That'd be great. Yeah, it was that the was only one. one. It was a rare moment. Uh, no pun intended. That was my plan. Yeah. <laughs> no, to no, hear I, I, live, you know, live, right? I'm like, wow, this yeah, is amazing. I'm hearing this, you know. And I've always been dying to do that, you know. As, as, as most people don't know, I have a rock band as well, an American rock band that I've been trying to push a while, you know. Um, didn't become too successful, but we're, we're still hanging around. But, I mean, I always wanted to implement that, and I thought, you know, like that would be, you know, like just a great feat because, you know, at least later in life, and maybe earlier on people won't listen to that but you know once once they're familiar enough like they want to hear it in different ways get creative everyone's done that you know lauren hill jay-z this guy's done acoustic sets you know vh1 storytellers and stuff like that so um yeah eventually like i was happy to do that you know if i should die felt really good uh, in acoustic as well that's dope, man um, that's so dope yeah the the latest of the latest you know you and the squad and Jer, you know, and y'all came back, you know, with LP and Tommy, y'all came back for Legacy, which for us, this song was dedicated to Joe, you know, Big Daddy Joe. You know, he, he was an acquaintance. I didn't know him that well. But yeah, if a lot of... And, and this just came out. In, in, the, in the lyric, you were first to be on the mic and you said, you made a man out of me and introduced me to the streets around gang bangers and drug dealers. Tell me about that, man. Is that, is that, the, is that the hood life? Or is, that, or, or is that just, you know, an acronym or something you, you, you spitting out? 
No, I, I, I mean, I never was in gangs or, you know, okay. never really banged or anything back in the days, but I was always around it. Um, I think the big thing about my verse, and, and it was very simplified, you know, I yeah. think people who know me, I more lyrically, my content normally is a little more lyrical. Um, this one was just straightforward. Um, but anyways, uh, let's, first of all, if you guys don't know, Joe, uh, Big Daddy Mojo, Yang, Joseph Yang, um, so many different titles. But uh, yeah, he so he passed away in uh, November. And and if you talk about the genius of Mon uh, uh I, I can't even really take credit for that song. The whole thing was Joe's idea from the hook, from the, from the uh, concept of the song to the beat. Me and Tommy just kind of like we rolled with it. So Tommy's the other partner. Thompson is what he's called on record. And uh, we didn't want to rap in Mong because my Mong is terrible. His Mong is terrible. Joe's Mong is always good. And so it was something where we 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 had to find a way to how to write, and uh, that's we, we can speak it, but it was just how do you implement it into a lyricism, put it into a song, on beat. It was a new territory for us, and we really just thought it was a song for us and our and our people, and we didn't think of anything. You know, I actually didn't really like the song myself, which most people don't know. It just didn't, it, 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 to me, it was kind of just like an extra bonus, something that we're going to, hey, let's, what, sure, it's a Hmong song. Why not? We're Hmong. So I, but I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't see the impact of it, you know, in the beginning. And I think that's what's beautiful about some song. I think some of the greatest hits from a lot of band members sometimes happen that way, you know, whether it's Beatles or Led Zeppelin or whoever, but it's like, you know, sometimes they just add songs and it's like, oh, I didn't think that one was going to be that big. Okay, great. But that's what kind of happened. And, uh, but no, I, Joe is such a genius and it's hard to miss him. Um, but if you want me to break down the lyrics, I think like at the end when I said, God took the teacher and it was a student he left, like that's the actual truth. Like I became Joe's student. I worked under him, studied him and he took me under his wing. You know, it was just, it, 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 it was just really deep, you know, and it was like, and I began to flourish in other areas. It's sometimes that happens, you know. The teacher, you know, teaches, and you know, the student finds avenues, and you know, like it's like Malcolm X, Elijah Muhammad, <laughs> you know, like Malcolm became something special. It, it is what it is. And um, so, uh, yeah. And like I said, um, I'll always be that. Uh, I'll always be that kid that you know he found from the ashes because I, I was doing nothing. I was nobody until. Uh, he found me uh, into rare and that became everything. But, you know, uh, going back to what you said about uh, being Joe introducing me to the streets as well. I know that's not the best way you know, to bring somebody in. But I think uh, what what you don't understand is I, I grew up with all sisters. So um, I, I'm the youngest and I'm the only boy. So the baby and, and the only boy. And so growing up, I didn't really have a brother figure, you know, and uh, it was tough you know, for most of my life until my teens, because um, I was uh, I was raised in California, a small town called uh, Modesto. So all I knew was small town, and all I knew was my sisters. You know what I mean? I had other friends and uncles and people that I hung out with, but nobody in my household, right? So when I moved to Milwaukee, life changed for me, and, and, and eventually they became my brothers. And, you know, then I started spending 80% of my time with them, you know, and only like 20% of my time at home. So, um I grew into that brotherhood, you know, they toughened me up, you know, and everything. And, you know, when I got into the streets, I gained this knowledge that I wasn't getting from home or that I wasn't getting from school, you know, this different type of knowledge, this toughness, this, uh, this aggression, this, you know, uh, 
my integrity changed and things like that. So uh, when it, I started being around gangbangers and drug dealers and OGs, it was more of just, you know, you know, like seafood, you know, like you, you it, it was, it's like that spiritualism, you know, but it was more just knowledge based, street knowledge. It was more just like, and even though I wasn't banging with these gangsters, it was like, but I was in their circles. I was around them. I got to see them. I got to study them. I got to feel them. And you know what I mean? And I, and I realized that they ain't so much bad people. It's just their directions are bad. And they, you know, their activities and the, you know, they're, they're, they're just putting it in the wrong basket. But these guys are, you know, they're smart, they're intelligent, they're, you know, they're, they're passionate. It's just that they got to find the right basket to put all those uh, attributes to. So I knew like, yeah, okay, being a G is, you know, like that's, that's cool. You know, that's cool. But you know what I mean? Just being a G about the right things. And then so it was like, but, but I did. I developed that side of me that toughened me up. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm out here on my own doing what I do, you know. Uh, I'm a standalone guy, you know. I don't, de- I don't depend on nobody. I never call for backup. I mean, it is what it is. I go out and tackle things on my own, and so and that brotherhood was strong because I needed that through my teens. That's when I grew the most, you know. Uh, so that when I became rare, it, it was a lot easier for me to just say, "Let's go," you know, let's make things happen, and to grow even more from that. So, uh, yeah, Joe, and Tommy, then, Jerry, you know, you know, rest in peace, Joe. You left the Midwest in Milwaukee and you also yeah. said goodbye to rare. Uh, but you left after your, to into your acting career too, all this, you know, pretty much kind of, you know, kind of in the between. And again, you yeah, work, tough. yeah, you work with like, you were actors with Warner brothers. Again, you were with, you know, um, you've been in films, you know, I mean, you've been acting for quite a minute now, too. Again, like Grant Trino, The Surface, uh, Light Beneath Your Feet. How do you get all these gigs in the moving actor gigs? So, you know, it it, it was weird because, like I said, when we talked about before, like, me not wanting to sit around, you know, I'm just very active. <laughs> and uh, I think um, uh, Ray eventually went into somewhat of a breakup, you know, like we were unsure, 2006 to 2008-ish. Um, with me not being one not to sit around, I just took that time to rediscover myself and reinvent myself. And uh, yeah, you know, like Gran Torino, I never thought of acting. And that's the thing about being open, being available. And like, I tell people all the time, um, even in like basic career fields, <laughs> like, like, like being a doctor, being a stylist, being a lawyer, being an architect, right? There's so many fields in the entertainment world, man. Like people don't realize like um, that, like it's not so much switching, you know, your your craft. It's it's just finding a different industry for it. There's hundreds and hundreds of available slots in, in the arts. You can be making double as a lawyer, defending an entertainer. You know what I mean? You can be making double as a stylist, cutting somebody up in a, tra- in, in a movie trailer, then, you know, as supercuts or something, right? And so, um, and I and I think that was a thing, you know. Like I just found different avenues in the in the same industry, but just different career fields, you know. So now I want to go into producing. I want to start writing and creating and building concepts and things like that. Um, you know what I mean? So uh, I just found acting. It was something uh, that came along. Granted, you know, was kind of this open audition, no experience. I was I was a little nervous. 
Um, and, and I went through this peak where I was giving up uh, because I, it, it wasn't so much I was tired of trying, you know what I mean? Because I always have that fight in me. But I, I was tired of the fame. Like, I was tired of the attention. I was tired of being bothered. I just, like, I, I but I was kidding myself. <laughs> I, I thought I could settle down. I thought, I was, okay, maybe this is enough. And eventually, you know, I realized, you know, you just got to look in the mirror. Like, like, are you serious? Is this you? Like, or are you going through a thing? And I was going through a thing. So Grant's going to woke me up again, a little fire back in my, you know, uh, back in me. And so, and, and thanks a lot to a lot of people who pressured me back into it. Because I almost said no to Grant Tuna, uh, and that would have been a tragedy. Um, so I saw this. I told this story before, but it was uh, I wasn't working. I was broke. I had nothing, and so I borrowed like two or three hundred dollars from my sister, and I just had enough to go up there. I slept in my car. I didn't couldn't even afford a hotel, uh, so I drove. I, I I took the five hour trip to St. Paul, Minnesota. I didn't play any music. I don't know. I was going through this. It was weird, surreal. Like I just drove five hours in complete quiet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, somehow I got the call back. And, uh, yeah, uh, it took a while to wait, but I didn't know. I didn't understand how movies work. And so I was just like, okay, I did this thing. I left. Um, and it was weird, man. But uh, I, I'm glad I have no regrets because I could have said no and none of this would have happened. Yeah. That's great, man. I'm I'm glad that so we're it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good to have some peers and a good support system, you know. Now you started like, you know, you're now, you know, from like an acting to a producer director. You started a Hanson Productions. Tell me more about that and and why you like to Yeah, so producing. So also in between the whole red breakup, I got really deep into like activism. You know, I started doing more work with curriculum students. I worked at schools and stuff, so um, there's a lot of workshops and discussions and uh, public speaking and things like that. So, uh, you know, and more spoken word. And so that, that, that really provided exciting you came out at, you know, community service, social work. Um, and that, 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 that delved into my storytelling even more, you know what I mean? Now, now that I have more of a purpose with what I'm doing. So then I picked up the guitar, started singing the songwriting, play guitar. I, then I built up as talented creatives. Um, we were doing okay, you know, it was just, um, it's, it's, it's a tough pitch, you know, it's transitioning into something else. So it, that's, it's been a hard thing. It's hard to keep an audience, man. <laughs> you know, when you're diving into so many different, you know, like some want that, some want that, some don't want that, some will follow at all, and some are like, uh, but anyways, um, so, it, so eventually I, I uh, did what I probably consider my biggest recording ever was in uh, Chicago, Chicago Recording Company. It's historic, historic, uh, historic venue. Michael Jackson's recorded there, Smashing Pumpkins, R. Kelly. Like it's a huge thing. Um, and so the, uh, I worked out with some really nice producers there and they were the first ones that were like, so I did this project. It was kind of folky gospel. It's a lot of different, um, a lot of different, um, elements and I grabbed some of the best musicians in Chicago. These are probably the best guys I've ever worked with. Um, and then after we completed the project, because the producers couldn't understand what I was doing, like they were just like, okay, sounds right, but let's figure out how it goes. At the end of the thing, they, they, they thought it was a complete masterpiece. And to them, they're like, why are you not producing movies? It's like, what you just did was you just put this ensemble together and you put the storylines and you just put this whole thing together and it just sounds masterful. And 
and and we had no idea what your vision even was until you put it all together and now it came out to fruition and they're like it's this this would be the same thing as making a movie like you have that kind of, you have the you have the chops for it and i always wanted to produce anyways especially being under you know clint eastwood's wing and able to watch him work he's he was the first guy that built my curiosity I'm like man i like how clint works and if this, if this is producing i would love to do this you know directing um and so when those guys said that to me at the studio it it that 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 just like gave me certainty like okay like pretty much tomorrow i'm gonna start directing <laughs> i mean i want to sit and wait lit the fire in you man <laughs> i'm not want to sit and wait man when, when somebody says something like that, i'm like okay yeah let's go bam no let's do it so i did Shot, um, I shot a short film. So I, I actually went to Columbia College, Chicago. It's a big film school. I just took some courses uh, um, for about a, a closer year. Uh, picked up some basics and just, uh, you know, shot me a short. And then I was working on this reality television show. And then um, I was working at an incubator out in Chicago that they helped, really helped me blueprint the whole thing. They were able to uh, design the whole concept, of, like the business side of it. So. So I knew about, you know, certain rights, like city ordinances um, um, and different exclusive uh, contracts and so on and so on and, and, uh, um, and clearance. And so it, it, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty intense about just having the idea, but not how to implement it. And so I pretty much have the whole blueprint and I said, and my acting wasn't going too well in Chicago. So, I mean, I had an agent and everything, but it just wasn't doing um, you know, what I wanted to do. So I was like, and I always had dreams of LA and Chicago was kind of that medium. You know, I wasn't doing anything in Milwaukee anymore. I kind of hit the ceiling of like, this is as much as I can do here. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta get moving. So, uh, it took, I, I wanted, I didn't want to go straight to LA. The fear of fail, but it was working smarter, not harder. I felt like going to LA just would have been too big of a stepping stone for me. So I stopped in Chicago, and that gave me just a good balance of big city life, new new environment, uh, new new career avenues, and it kind of just honed me enough. Even though I didn't make a lot of money there and didn't book a lot of gigs there, but I felt like that was my education. I felt like I did a four-year college there, <laughs> pretty much. And then uh, and then I took off to LA. I took the ideas that I did, everything that I did in Chicago, took with me to LA. And here we are. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, how long you been in LA now? Uh just a year and a half. I got it like late, late, late 2018. Man, it's not that long ago. It felt so. It felt like yeah. long ago, you know. No, I wanted to start my year there. Uh, start 2019 there. So. Yeah, LA stuff. Good luck to all the, you know that you're, you're pursuing, man. It's again, you just keep you're just on fire, dude. You just keep going and going. The we I've kind of unpredictable because we don't know when the next who knows might be making producing something that'd be coming out and yeah. so I'm looking forward to it well and I think that's what a lot of people don't know about me as well is like you know as you mature things change you know I mean it's, you don't have the same energy anymore for certain things you know I didn't lose any energy I'm probably more energetic now I'm just you know more energetic towards how I disperse my energy is a little different now so I actually prefer to perform less now, even as an artist, or even as a musician, um, even as an actor. Like, I, I think all my life I will always be on camera and on stage, just because that's what I was born into. Um, but, but at the same time, um, at the same time, I also feel like uh, uh, most of my life will be in, in the studio, will be creating, will be writing and putting projects together. And so let's hope that's what it is. I actually came to LA for that. Yes, 
yes, I'm pursuing acting here, but my ultimate goal is actually to produce. Hands-on productions is my ultimate goal of getting that off the floor and getting it going and start what, shooting some really What's What's the vision you got for Hansel? Um, so, what's our slogan? Quilted visions coming of age, I think. Um, quilted visions coming of age, yeah. So just really telling, it's really just storytelling. Um, I want to still, uh, you know, tell stories that are hidden, stories that don't get a lot of light, you know, that aren't on the platform a lot. Um, and because I move around a lot from my own personal experiences and got to know a lot of different crowds. Um, and then I, this is one thing people don't know. Uh, um, I'm a co-founder of a nonprofit that runs in 30 different countries. Right. So it's also like, there's so much stories that I, like, I get all the time. Things I, I, I mean, I even love to, I have all these ideas of inventing stuff. Like, you know, like I might not physically invent them, but I got all these ideas, even for simple things like house appliances <laughs> and like, just simple things like that. I mean, shoes and clothes and fashion as well, of course. But there's, I just, I come up with stuff all the time. I have my little notepads and I'm just writing like, "Ooh, I'm gonna create this thing," as simple as like a, a as like a, a post-it note, right? <laughs> just simple things like that. Like, oh, this this never came out. This never came out. I'm gonna patent this one day. Blah, blah, blah. But um, and then there's just shoes and just clothes and all this stuff. Just like you, Caesar. I want to do some fashion too, and then food and food and oh, restaurants, right, and stuff like that. But that's I got a, I got a dope, line. yeah, I got a dope sneaker that I'm working on, man. Oh, I guess word, word. Yeah. yeah, keep and it probably keep it will be dope. <laughs> it was a dope, yeah, it's thought okay. of, but let me have your your activity. What's up? Where were? We? Oh yeah, hand sewn. So yeah, um, so so far I'm working on. There's a guy named Sixto Rodriguez, uh, if you've heard of him or not. He had a documentary called Searching for Sugar Man. He was a musician out of Detroit. He uh, really awesome document. I'm not going to talk about it because it's, it's very long. I love this guy. I can talk about him forever. But anyways, he, 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 his documentary won Sundance. It won Tribeca, not those big independent film festivals. And uh, no, uh, they, they've been telling his current story about where he came from, blah, blah, but no one's really made an actual film about his life from that period. Because he's from the 60s. He's a folk artist from like the 60s around the Bob Dylan era. Um, and I'm like, I want to shoot like a Smallville of this guy's life. Like I want to shoot his childhood. And so I shot a short film of a guy that looks like him. And uh, we put a short together and I eventually want to turn that into a feature. So I'm working on that. And then the other one I'm working on is um, the reality project is American Idol on Wheels is what I call it. We, it's kind of the same concept, but in the streets. Yeah. So we go out and find street musicians and build backstories. I can't talk about it a lot. It's kind of a secret project right now, but it's, uh, yeah, in search of the great American street musician is what it is. So it's about a film crew that goes out and finds sound on the street. And so uh, that I hope to go global with that. Um, I mean, I, when I lived in Chicago, they were biting on that project. I, I got calls from like the richest attorneys in town, everyone was biting on that project, like, you know, and that's when I worked out of the incubator and everyone was throwing ideas at me because they, they it, it was a no-brainer to everyone there. I, I think that's one of the most, one of the projects that, like, I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's 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 all about how I do it now. The concepts, the concepts obvious <laughs> that this thing's a hit if you can make it work. You know, so, um, and, and that's not me saying that. Like, everyone's been saying that. It's time. It's time to do it, man. It's time to do it. There's so many yeah, Americans yeah. that are stuck home due to a situation, and it's time to put it out on whatever social yeah. media platform you got, YouTube, with TV, and Facebook, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 
it, it's time to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I look forward to seeing more of that, and when it comes out, man, I'm I'm a big fan already. Just you're talking about it already. It's just that I'm kind of in my practice mode now. You know, I haven't, I I don't have any credential, you know, as far as production yet. So, um, I let me get my one credit <laughs> out there first. I want to say that you know you you're like a an activist and kind of political too, my friend. Yeah. You know, and you love that stuff, and I I salute you for that. Keep it up. It's yeah. a part of you that what you are. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, I know my, uh, you know, I know the Hmong community is probably wondering where I've been, what I'm doing. You know, I, I know I used to be more hands-on, you know, active as far as, you know, Hmong, uh, H&D, Hmong National Development, and being, you know, more at the conferences and, you know, Hmong Wisconsin Chamber and things like that. And, you know, I, I normally more in the schools and stuff like that, but I pulled out of all that. Um, uh, not in the sense of, oh, I'm Hollywood now and, you know, it's time to get money, get popular and, you know, forget the community. But it's more of, um, I think the research has gone so deep and so extensive that there's just periods of time where you you need to step away from everything to to see the bigger picture. And uh, sometimes the things you're fighting for are a lot deeper and a lot stronger it's not as easy to just step into the limelight with these kind of issues. And so I think um, I've gone so far into the deep with that, um, which I want to, don't get me wrong, it's fine. But it's just that it's harder to be present. You know, when you're, these, these are some things you kind of have to work under the surface to create any real change, right? So um, it's cool to be out here, but it feels more like a scene of just, like, hey, okay, we're, you know, we're doing things, we're changing communities, and that's great. And I'm not saying it is in the scene as in it's fake, but it's just more of like you're, I feel like sometimes you can get less done being in the public eye because of the distraction and because of the formats and the rules and policies that apply with working in social, you know, environments and social settings. When you can dive underground and do your own personal work, it can become more um, effective um, when there aren't these regulations around you and you're able to work around the system a lot more. And so I know that sounds weird and scary and whatever, but, and I, I can't talk about a lot of what, about it, but um, yeah, my, my work since, uh, has gone very expensive than what it has been before. So if I'm not around, just know that, that, you know, I, I didn't go away from it. I just, there's a different way to do things. So, so. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. When I want to work on uh, wrapping things up, and the last thing I I wanted to say was, can you give the listener, can you give the to the younger listener, can you give us an advice for what you what you're doing, what you're pursuing, what you what you do as an <laughs> as an actor, musician, an entrepreneur? You know, go ahead. Well, I think you know, like. I think people find me, you know, like sometimes a little too serious because they don't hang out with me, you know, and so this, uh, you know, uh, like I'm deep in my messages and yes, and I do do a lot of extensive research and sometimes I'll talk about serious topics, but I, I man, have fun, like live life, don't take things, don't, don't take things over the top. Um, nothing gets accomplished, nothing gets accomplished if you're not enjoying yourself, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I used to take this, uh, this, the, I used to take my artistry so serious that it took the fun out of it. 
you know what I mean? It was almost, oh, I gotta make it, I gotta make it, or this project had to be done, blah, blah. And, you know, I just became this, like, mad scientist that was depressed and had anxiety all the time. And it, and, and it was about something I love, you know what I mean? Normally you have depression and anxiety because you're doing something you don't love, or, or your environment's at a hostel, or you're, you know, like, you're, you're out of your element, right? No, I was in my element, but I didn't have the right mentality. And so I, I, I took it so serious that I took the fun out of it. And when I took the fun out of it, it became more tiring, and I just worked harder. But love what you do, man. Smile, have, you know, and, and give yourself time. Don't rush into things, man. Like, live, like be a person. Be a human. Have, like, hang out with friends, family, exercise, do what you do. Artistry is only... It's only as good as how well you take care of yourself. You know what I mean? And so, don't overwork yourself. Um, you know, because the more healthier you are in these other fields, the more healthier your artistry is going to be. In my mind, you know, you, you don't... If, if, if you're not good in those fields, you're never going to be in the artistry because you join yourself. And so, I think... Have fun. I smile a lot. I'm very sarcastic. You know? So people who don't know me, <laughs> like, don't get to see that side of me. But yeah, I, I, I joke all the time. I'm, I'm the biggest, biggest jokester ever. And, awesome. And, and, and with that, just be Awesome, dude. Enjoy it and have fun. But love the passion. Enjoy it and have fun. You know, but lastly, Elvis, before we head off. Well, hold on. And also, love who you are. <laughs> love who man. you are. Man. Like, being yeah, happy. Absolutely. Like, like we we we're, we're we're more special than a lot of people because of who we are, our stories, and where we come from. It's 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 just it's honest, it's generous. It's you know what I mean. It's, it's we're, we're dope, man. And embrace who you are. But anyways, go ahead. But yeah, you know. Lastly, where can we we follow you, man? On social media? Can you give us an outlet? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, last name is Tao T H A O. So if you can probably just Google me. I'm on pretty much every outlet. It's hard to keep up, like with the new stuff. So I'm not on Periscope, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. I'm a little behind. You know? My YouTube channel has over 100 videos, so um, you know um, you can always view that. It's yeah, tons of stuff on there, from acting to just speaking to to uh, performances and you know from my rock stuff too. If you haven't seen a lot of that, and then yeah, my movies, my acting. Uh, so uh, oh, on YouTube, uh, you can do Elvis Town or the Elf Meister, the Elf Meister. <laughs> I call myself that. I think it's but, uh, right. yeah, YouTube, right. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, IMDB, if you want to check IMDB. But, yeah, I love, I do a lot of video content, man, so. Cool, cool. We are, are very appreciative of your time, and that's, that's a bit, man. Like, it definitely was really nice talking to you, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Keep it up, man. Yeah. I need to go back in the rest and grab some of that gear. But the four shoes are really good. I don't know about it. I'm actually a little jealous because I like to like a lot of the ideas you've done are things that I always wanted to do. But you beat me to the punch, which is great. And so we'll have you on that. So we'll have you on that. 
We can still laugh. We can work. We can work. We can work. We can work. I'll just be on the other side of Oh, likewise. Yeah, likewise. You do what you do. You're good at it. I'm be fanboy over here. Your music and your movie production. Yeah. It's all love. It's all love. Yeah. Who? All right, man. Talk to you later, dude. Celebrate your life.